Bitcoin in Mexico, YouTube bans my show for misinformation, depression likely not caused by a chemical imbalance. Well, I'm back from a vacation in Mexico. Well, not really a vacation, I, I would say. It was more of a scouting slash fun time four-day trip with my son, Oliver. Um, right before I left, we, we found, or I found out that there was this Mexican senator that once uh, Bitcoin legalized, even though the central bank is against it. So I thought it'd be a fun excursion to see what I could do with Bitcoin in Mexico. Now, if you've listened to my previous episode about El Salvador, you'll you'll remember that uh, my experience in uh, El Salvador was very lackluster, uh, even with Bitcoin being a national currency. However, in Mexico, I did find one place that took Bitcoin, and of course, we visited it. Uh, we went to the Bitcoin Embassy. Uh, it's a bar. That's a bar and grill, uh, whatever you want to call it. And um, it had a Bitcoin ATM. So I knew that before we left, and I thought, well, I'm going to sell some of my Deconomy coin, and uh, let's uh, see if I can spend it over at the uh, Bitcoin Embassy, and maybe even buy a couple of beers and maybe something to eat uh, with Bitcoin. So I sold, um, let's see, how much did I sell? I sold about 200 US dollars worth and um, of Dash D and PNY for Bitcoin, sent it to my moon wallet, headed over to the Bitcoin embassy. Oliver and I walked over there. It was quite a walk. Uh, and then we found out it didn't open until two. So we ended up going to a market we stumbled across this thing called Mercado Pay. And um, very interesting. It's very close to what Bitcoin is. It's a it's an app that the that the that the person in the market has on their phone. And if you have if you have Mercado Pay, you can actually pay the person too, which I thought was extremely interesting. It, they can also take credit cards in that instance, it's kinda of like a stripe, but it's so similar to Bitcoin, I think that the adoption would be very simple. Um, at, after, after that. So anyways, we, we waited until the two o'clock mark hit and, uh, went over to the Bitcoin embassy. Luckily they had very large 24 ounce beers. Um, Modelo, I believe Oliver got a, a Coke because root beer really isn't a thing in Latin America. And Oliver loves his root beer. In fact, yesterday when we got back to the United States, the first thing he got was a root beer, <laughs> So anyways, uh, I proceeded to sell the first thousand pesos worth. A thousand pesos is right at uh, $50 US. And what I found is, is the best exchange rate I got for the dollar, so I know I'm converting Bitcoin to the dollar, was at the, uh, at the um, Bitcoin embassy. In fact, I got right around 20 pesos per dollar. Um, when I traded in Bitcoin, whereas the next best spot I got was some random street vendor sold it to me at 19 pesos per dollar. And the worst I got was at the airport, which was 16 pesos per dollar or 16.6 pesos per dollar. So I got almost 20 pesos per dollar selling it at the Bitcoin ATM. So went there, did the first thousand because I needed 2,000 pesos because Oliver and I were going to go on uh, a trip to see the Aztec ruins, and it was 2,000 pesos total for the day. 
for the tour guide and the van and all that. So I sold the first thousand because I'm always a skeptic of these ATMs. I don't know why. I, I love technology, but I'm a skeptic of these ATMs. I suppose because it has something to do with money. Anyways, I uh, did the first thousand. Yet wait want for one confirmation, and for whatever reason, the blockchain was running very slow, and so it was a half hour between when I put the money in and the uh, the actual confirmation, first confirmation, and uh, the and I never got put in the second block. I was still always in the the, the next block that was going to be made. So it's crazy. Got my first thousand pesos out. I'm like, okay, we're going to send another thousand. This will cover our, our trip for the day. So I did. I had to wait for another confirmation. Took forever. So in the meantime, I finished my second uh, beer and they were out of the ice cream, which you know what, when you travel or even where you are, you realize people are running out of everything. So it's not a big deal. I don't look down on a place because, oh, they ran out of ice cream. No, it doesn't work like that. I had to wait for the next confirmation. Got the next confirmation. I go to pay the bill. I tell the guy I want to pay. And uh, he asked me if I want to pay in Lightning. And I said, absolutely, I do. And uh, so I paid the guy in Lightning. And he immediately had his money. And we and like the, the look on, each, on both of our faces was just pure joy. Like, this is the technology of the future. This is the way it should be. I added, he asked me before I, I did it if I wanted to put a tip on. I told him how much I wanted the tip. He typed it in, showed the QR code, scanned it, boom, done. That was it. I mean, it was instant payment for him. It was instant payment from me to him. We cut, we cut out all the banks in the middle. I mean, this is the way it should be. So I hope, you know, this Mexican senator that is pushing for the central bank to accept Bitcoin as a national currency. I hope that it, that they push hard and they, and they, and they succeed um, because just the sheer magic, the sheer happiness, how we cut everybody out of the middle um, was, was amazing. So uh, first day of the trip was uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning. I get an email from, YouTube saying they had banned my show for misinformation. And uh, this this comes on the heels of my first uh, midweek uh, tech roundup uh, where I called out Google for potentially keeping students' data for the lifetime of their uh, educational careers. Is this the reason? I don't know. I mean, I did uh, go and put my, you know, like go back and say, Hey, I, I think this was misjudged, but it, that was on Thursday and today is Monday. So I doubt that they're going to reinstate it. And for the most part, I don't care. This is a podcast. It's not a, it's not a video cast. So whatever. I mean, if you can't take criticism on your own platform or even just come out and say, Hey, John, uh, you know, this, the, what you said is wrong. This is our policy on it. I would come out and gladly say, Hey, look, I was wrong. I made a mistake. Google doesn't keep the data, um, which I don't know what incentive they would have to not keep the data. Uh, I think that, that there's more incentive in them to keep the data than not, uh, and be able to track everything about you. I mean, shoot, um, was it target? I think it was target. Uh, I could be wrong. It could be another one of those stores. A uh, girl was shopping, thought she was pregnant for um, baby items. And uh, 
she was wasn't still in high school yet and uh didn't buy anything but must have got to the checkout and then target or a company related to target sent her baby related items to the house where her father lived and she had not told her father that she was pregnant and so obviously it caused an awkward conversation but i mean this data could you know depending on how you use it could be detrimental to someone i mean they could potentially kill somebody over what this data is i mean you know imagine there's some boyfriend that's like if you get pregnant you know that'll be the end and something like this happens and the you know the the person is out there uh afraid and then all of a sudden a box of baby items gets sent to the house and and somebody finds it and now you know they're in trouble i don't want to get into all that but anyways i got banned for misinformation whatever i don't really care uh but it's still worth mentioning that these tech this tech platform can just ban me for misinformation without telling me what part of the show they thought was misinformation. I mean, it could easily be that my show is not video. Um, Podbean, who I host my platform on, um, they they convert it to a video podcast, which basically looks like a I don't know, equalizer or whatever um, as the show plays. Uh, that they convert it to the audio to video. I mean, maybe that's the reason. And if that's the reason, I'm fine with it. It doesn't matter. I'd, nobody needs to see my ugly mug uh, talking to a microphone in in my brew house. Uh, it's 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 not as romantic as it sounds. Um, lastly, today I've got another one that's maybe not so much from the uh, tech side, but it is body hacking, which I do consider tech. I mean, there's a lot in the, in the field of body hacking that interests me, but, uh, depression likely is not caused by a chemical imbalance. Now this is kind of a, an explosive, um, release from the UK that, uh, that, that basically everything we know about depression is wrong. That's was always thought that a serotonin imbalance in your body caused like a low amount of serotonin in your body caused depression. Um, I don't know how they blood tested this. I don't, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I can't, I can't cover the facts or cover deep down into the facts. But what I can say is that what's interesting here is that what they're, they don't really understand what they're treating and it's possible that these drugs never had the desired effect. It was all in your head. So from the study, there's no clear evidence that serotonin levels or serotonin activity is responsible for depression. Uh, the study continues by saying many people take antidepressants because they have uh, been led to believe their, de- their depression has a biochemical cause, but this new research suggests this belief is not grounded in evidence. The study also found that lowering someone's uh, serotonin did not cause depression. So taking somebody and giving them what they thought was the cause of depression before, so somebody with normal serotonin levels, they gave them drugs to lower the serotonin levels and they did they they did not have feelings of depression so what they were treating uh they don't even know now what the study also found which i find the most interesting is I, i'm always a big fan i mean i know when they do these studies they always have to have placebos and what's interesting i didn't know this until this study but they actually have placebos that can give you the side effects of the drug without actually uh, without actually 
giving you the drug. So, for example, one of the side effects of uh, antidepressant drug is dry mouth. They can actually give you a placebo that gives you dry mouth. And what they found was is that in 90% of the people, the 90% of the people that took the placebo that had the side effects reported that their depression had lessened 90%. That's crazy. Those are crazy numbers. And, uh, I think that, I, I think that this is just the beginning of this study. Uh, and now don't get me wrong. I don't, I want to, I want to be very clear. Um, that I do believe that people have depression and I do believe that in some people, these drugs actually do a good thing and that all this medical research isn't for naught. I mean, they, they obviously have gone through trials and for some people, this is exactly what they need. But what it turns out is for the vast majority, it's probably not what they need. It probably was the wrong thing the entire time. And a lot of it could have just been in the person's head. It could have been as easy as going and just talking to somebody and, and that would have helped the depression. If a placebo that has the same side effects as the depression med- med- medication worked in 90% of the people, it probably means we're treating the wrong thing. I think that there's way more to come on this study. And I think that more is going to start to come out through the woodwork here, potentially from uh, patients that are suffering from depression. I don't know. I just, I, I'm extremely interested in where this goes, how the research is going to change, how, um, other new, better drugs are going to be made from this research. Um, our understanding of depression, which I believe is a real thing. I believe people have it. Um, I know people in my life that are on antidepressants and I don't think that that's a bad thing. Um, but, but just because you, y- I think that we over medicate for something that you can probably solve a different way. When you go into a doctor's office, a lot of times they're not asking what's your, what's your exercise routine? What's your, um, eating habits, those type of things. If they asked those questions and tried to solve the problem there, I wonder before they prescribe the drugs, I wonder how many less drugs you'd have to prescribe. If we were, if, if we tried that first, before the drugs and then added the drugs, I'm betting that the percentage of people that say the drugs work would be higher because there'd be less people taking them. It's something like 37 million people in 2020 took antidepressants. I couldn't find the statistics for 2021 or 2022, but I would venture a guess that it probably doubled because people were locked up in their homes for two years. And, you know, that's going to cause depression because, you know, not being able to go out and see people is going to affect you and probably affect you negatively. So uh, now that we're, you know, things are opening back up and we can start going places and doing things. I mean, I went to Mexico. Uh, no problem. No COVID test either way. I did get COVID, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I've had it two other times, so it's old hat to me by now. Uh the, the, I, now that we can go outside and we can exercise, we can, we can start eating, right. Assuming we can find the right things in the grocery store, stick to the outside rows of the grocery or outside of the grocery store. That's where the real food's at. Uh, 
don't 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 hustle with the middle or even really the frozen food part. Stay with the vegetables. Stay with the the meat. Uh, and I think these are the things that that bring down depression. What you put in your body is a directly directly affects what's inside your body and how you feel all the time. So if you put good things in your body, you're going to feel good. You're going to do good. If you exercise, your body's going to feel good. Your body's going to do good. And your body's going to ward off any other infections and even adjust whatever chemical in your body um, makes makes you more or less depressed. So exciting research or exciting anti-research. I don't know what you'd call that. But uh, I guess in the realm of body hacking, I think that this is a interesting take and a new a new way to look at things and I'm interested and excited to see what comes next from this. So that's the show for the day. It's not the, I, I try to keep the Monday show 20 minutes and less. I try to keep the tech roundup at 10 minutes. So this show is going to be a little shorter than the 20, but that's okay. Uh, I'm still getting my feet wet here. And I tell you what, by doing this, I realize how hard it is for people that do podcasts that sit there and just talking to a microphone and, don't really know if what people's reaction, you know, you're, you're talking one way, I'm not getting feedback from you. And so it's hard to, you know, sometimes continue a conversation, but I have respect for those guys that do these huge podcasts that have lots of listeners that, you know, they take a lot of flack for what they're saying, because this is, this is hard. I mean, this is not, uh, I mean, it's fun to do, but it's not, uh, it's hard. It's hard to think. I guess I don't know how to describe it and that's fine. Anyways, I hope everybody has a, has a good day and I'll catch you on the next one.